Smartcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On this episode of Missing the Point, it's time for some cheap heat, as Mike, Craig, and Rayshon preview WWE Survivor Series. We'll break down the matches and discuss what should happen versus what will happen. We'll give our top five Survivor Series moments and also discuss The Undertaker's legacy, as this Sunday is billed as his final farewell. But first, this episode is being brought to you by Boxo Crafts. Boxo is an arts and crafts-focused kids' subscription box. Boxo is a parent-run company that combines creativity and convenience in one monthly package, delivered right to your door. Boxo's premiere box, Boxo Holidays, contains four separate art projects to get you and your family into the holiday spirit. Whether it's Halloween, Hanukkah, or Easter, they've got you covered with holiday fun. Boxo, we can't wait to see you create. Check out BoxoCrafts.com and exclusively to our listeners, enter the promo code MTP for 15% off your first order. That's B-O-X-O-Crafts.com, promo code MTP. Missing the Point is a one-hour weekly, two-hour monthly podcast recapping the biggest stories in the world of sports with the New England flavor. The show notes and transcript of today's episode can be found in the description box below, as well as on our website, mtpshow.com. If you're new to the show, consider subscribing. It's the easiest way to see when we publish new episodes. We are on iTunes, Spotify, Google, and wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to rate us and leave a review of any of our shows. We always appreciate your feedback. Also, be sure to follow us on all of our social medias. All of our links will be in the show notes. And check out our brand new website, www.mtpshow.com. That's mtpshow.com. And now, this is Mr. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the MTP podcast proudly brings to you the most entertaining and informative wrestling podcast that you will ever listen to. And that is not a prediction. That is a spoiler. And this is Cheap Heat. All right, everybody, welcome to the the inaugural episode of Cheap Heat presented by the MTP Podcast Network. I am Michael Marcangelo alongside Craig D'Alessandro and Rayshon Buchanan. Craig, you're not always on the air, and so it took a wrestling podcast to bring you out of the shadows. It it takes a very specific niche to uh, try and Uh, drag me out into the actual podcasting realm, but, you know, you found one. Here I am. We found one, uh, and... 
Oh, I'm good, man. I, I have been waiting to do a show like this. You know, we've been on the air for a little while, but this has been, yeah, this this is dope. And I'm, I, can't, I can't wait to get into this, man. Let, let's get it. For those of you that don't know, uh, Cheap Heat will be a, uh, a pretty regular wrestling podcast that we do here as we are the three biggest wrestling fans at the MTP network. Um, that is, uh, we've all been watching. I can speak for myself. I've been watching probably since um, 1992. I've only missed a handful of Monday Night Raws. I'm not ashamed to admit it because I am recently engaged. So it's okay. It did not stop. It did not stop my growth at all. Um, but guys, like for you, how long have you, have you been wrestling fans for? I probably started for me. My, my first memories is I'm, I'm 32 years old. So I was born in 1988. So uh, I was I run I had some of those parents that like didn't want me to watch wrestling when I was younger, but I eventually found it on television anyway. So my like first real exposure started up like around I want to say ninety six ninety seven when good years you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin was just starting yeah. to rain you know start reign supreme. My first memory of wrestling is when Stone Cold Steve Austin kidnapped Vince McMahon, and I really thought he was going to assassinate him in the middle of the <laughs> ring. It's one of the best moments on on t- in television history. And then it, was, it, it was just like a, a joke. It was just like a Joker bang gun, and he pissed his pants in the middle yeah. of the ring. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I believe. Oh, God. I yeah. believe the infamous no, quote was McMahon three sixteen says, "I just pissed my pants." Right. Exactly. Yeah. That that was one of the best segments ever. But no. So for me, I'm a little bit younger than y'all. So I'm I'm thirty, but. Uh, for me, I would say 97, 98. So now, you know, that's at that moment that Austin's really, you know, he's, he's essentially white hot at this moment. And, you know, really the first major memory really um, is a little after the screw job. So I'll say, uh, I want to say, I think it's the Shawn Michaels match and um, Taker match at the Royal Rumble, um, which might've been the year before. I'm not sure, but um, whenever, whenever Bad Blood was, so was it Bad Blood 97? Yeah, so Babylon 97, that's got to be Kane. That's got to be Kane. You know, tears off the hinges of the door and, uh, you know, which, uh, you know, Glenn Jacobs, who was Kane, the mayor of Knox, Knox County, uh, tells a great story of that on the WWE Network. So, yeah, let's get into it, man. Yeah, so the reason why we all came together for this show is because this this Sunday – Tomorrow is Survivor Series. It's one of the big four pay-per-views that the WWE still puts out. Um, and it's, it's chock full of their biggest stars and their biggest stars being sent off. This, you know, on Survivor Series, we are going to finally see The Undertaker's final farewell. Something that I think, um, you know, I, I personally never thought was going to happen. I thought this guy, Mark Calloway, who I think Undertaker is the greatest character in the history of professional wrestling, just because of the way he protected that character for so long. And for it to end 30 years after it began on the exact same show, it's going to be emotional. And I, and I kind of almost wish there was going to be fans in attendance. What do you guys think? That was a, that was a big thing for me because I was, you know, a, a reading back on when um, this past WrestleMania, when it was the undertaker versus AJ styles in a boneyard match, buried alive match, whatever you want to call it. That was, that was originally, you know, and it still was, I guess the undertaker's final match, but the, the circumstances that we live in now, ended up turning into a cinematic match, which was, to me, the highlight of the entire show. Because obviously, this WrestleMania was different. It was kind of lackluster the entire show. But to me, the way they pulled that match off, that was just phenomenal. You know, he brought back the American Badass character, and he and AJ Styles just, uh, you know, um, hypothetically tore the house down. 
Yeah, so for, for, for you, Ray, I mean, you've, you've been watching since you said 97, 98. That's really when Taker was was heating up. He'd already been he'd already been in the business uh, and, you know, for a while, but he'd been in, in the WWE for seven to eight years at that time. And we just saw Kane, you know, that Survivor Series, you know, I don't, he, he did not have a memorable, uh, memorable performance, but 97, 98, 99, those are all big years for, for Taker. So for you, I guess I'd be interested to learn, like, what do you think about The Undertaker's legacy? No, I mean, to me, I think he's the best ever to do it. And like you said, there's no one that protected the business more than him. And, you know, there was no one more loyal to Vince McMahon than The Undertaker, right? So, you know, he didn't jump ship in the 90s like Hogan did, um, even though that was, I mean, July 7, 1996, changed the business forever. So um, that would be another podcast, too, yep. <laughs> most most likely. But, you know, uh, you know, another one for the good guys. But, no, um, yeah, I mean, he, he's like, he's he's the best really to ever do it, in my opinion. And uh, his character definitely scared the hell out of me. I'm not going to lie. Um, scared, probably scared more children. Um, you know, as you see, especially in his initial Survivor Series appearance, like, you know, and coming down the aisle, brought to, you know, with buddy love or yep. brother love, buddy, whatever, whatever love he was. Um, <laughs> you know, it's been a long time, but it's just like, you know, the Undertaker, uh, actually he was Kane the Undertaker at first. So I, I, that, we well, he was Kane the Undertaker in an, un, in an unaired match before. Right, unaired match, right. Yeah. So yeah, it comes out as uh, Undertaker, you know, the kids are like mortified, going, you know, just super, super shook, super scared. But um, like I said, by the time I started watching him, he was in that, the Ministry of Darkness era. Yep. For me, that was that was the absolute scariest. You know, by the t- by that time, I'm I'm like ten years old or nine years old, and when he, you know, it's awesome to talk about this. You now looking back, but when that that storyline when he kidnapped Stephanie McMahon, and he he, Sacrifice, he tied sacrificed her. Yeah, I mean, they were doing Crazy. human freaking sacrifices on on broadcast television. When when the Undertaker was first coming back from his injury that he suffered, which is why he got written out by Stone Cold Steve Austin on the SummerSlam before. Um, and they started doing uh, the promos where Dennis Knight got kidnapped and he was locked in a dungeon. And then it was, you know, the, you know, they displayed the whole Undertaker symbol thing. Then they brought Dennis Knight out. He was on a table. And then they literally cut him open and sacrificed him and turned him into Midian. That was the scariest point of wrestling. It has never been topped in any time. When you talk about uh, you, you, you cannot talk about the WWE without without mentioning Undertaker within like the next five seconds. He sure. is and he's been the leader of that locker room. Everyone's heard all the stories, and I think you know recently um, he did us all a great service by releasing that uh, the the Last Ride documentary. It was a lot like it was the uh, the Last Dance series of WWE, right? I mean, we finally got to see what was going through the mind and what was actually happening in the life of of Mark Calloway in the last you know four or five years. And all this guy wanted to do his entire life was make sure that if you paid to see him, that he gave you the best show possible. And recently, you know, you can say what you want. There have been ups, there have been downs, but that boneyard match, there's no other way to end that his career. That, that is the way to do it. That's that sums up everything. He summoned all of his powers from the early days with when he did, you know, his little arm raising and, and the fire came up out of nowhere. I think it had everything that you could have asked for. And I think that, you know, again, not having fans uh, here, you know, for Survivor Series in the Thunderdome live, it's probably going to benefit Taker, the person, 
because he would get choked up. Can you imagine having 20,000 people, you know, screaming, thank you, Taker, mm-hmm. when he's trying to oh, get they, they, they would have hijacked the show. Like, it would have been like yeah. a 30-minute, 40. Like, I, I remember during, um, this might have been after after Raw, uh, when uh, the Raw of the WrestleMania 24, when uh, Ric Flair had, well, had retired yep. uh, from, from the WWE before going off to TNA. Um, and, you know, he came out there as the last guy and... You know, he, you know, he did something that he never does. He, he broke character um, and hugged, you know, Ric Flair in front of everybody. So, and then, you know, did a sign of respect when he gets on one knee and, yep. you know, some, some, some is the lightning or whatever. So, you know, that, that, that was dope. But, but that, just, that just goes to show you how, that just goes to show you how big The Undertaker was because that particular segment they had to do off air because they knew that people would, they knew that people would just, you know, cheer The Undertaker more than they would Ric Flair at that point. Because people, right. Right, exactly. That that's true. But uh, something that might touch on about uh, with the with the, his his version of the last dance. So that that's that's spot on. It's funny because my I mean the first time me seeing him in person, once it had to be like a, either SmackDown or it might have been when he came back at the Royal Rumble in Boston in two thousand three, if I'm not mistaken. But um, my very first WrestleMania was WrestleMania thirty three. <laughs> no, but yeah, so that that match, man, um, was crazy, and then. You know, you see him leave everything in the ring, and this we was all everybody was like dead silent. And like the TV doesn't do it justice. Like 75, 76,000 people just silent, like, wait, like did Roman Reigns really just end his career? Like, and like I said, I'm listen, I'm probably the biggest Roman guy out here. Like, I love yeah. Roman Reigns. Like, he's the he's the he is the guy right now. But I, I was like, wait a minute, like, y'all letting Roman do this? Right. To, to take her? On this stage, are y'all are like uh, really? I said, like, come, come on, man! Like, nah, like you, you gotta have him come back and and knock his ass out of someone's land. Do something, like you, you cannot let him go out, you know, like this. But as we saw in the documentary, physically, he was just he he just he just couldn't do it. Yeah. And you know, and you know, just like any great competitor, any great athlete, you know, you really do want to go out on your own terms. And you know, honestly, he could have been done at WrestleMania 34 because. It was a short match, but he was phenomenal. He looked so good. Cena. He was he was really good in that match against Cena. And I was like, okay, we can we can end it that way. I was going to call that a match. I mean, the the crowd was hype. You know, Superdome yeah. was was crazy. You know, I you know I I you know as Michael Cole would say, came unglued. Like I was unglued. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I lost my mind when that bell hit as as eighty thousand. But, it, but it, doesn't that speak to him because he's the only guy? And I mean, aside from like Austin, right? Um, that you know without a w- w- without a shadow of a doubt that he's actually going to be at the arena that night. They tell you he's not going to be there. We all know it's a work, right? And then the gong hits, and the whole place just goes nuts because that that's how much that character means to people that have been watching this for as long as they have because they now see, you know, when we were kids, he was this this unearthly creature. Now, because of all the things that we've been able to watch. We know he's just a man, he's just a man out there trying to make sure that that his legacy is remembered and he does it justice. Um, so I think a couple of things I want to touch on for Taker before we jump to the rest of the card here. Um, I, I want to ask you two questions and let's try not to go too far into it. Should he have lost at Mania against Brock? You're talking about you're talking about New Orleans, right? What, should should the, should the streak have ended? I think. The streak should have ended, but not against Brock Lesnar. I felt like there were a lot of people that could, that if, if you're going to end the streak, that means you're going over the moon. Yeah, that means you are one of the you know you you know it's not like a roll up and a cheap win and a mid card match. 
You're yep. beating The Undertaker, who at that point was 21-0 and 0 at WrestleMania. And Brock Lesnar at that time was, you know, and still is. This is still his current run, that particular WrestleMania. Didn't need that. Didn't need that fuel to his streak. You know, Brock Lesnar. We know he. he but if, the one thing I'll say, like, if you think about it, though, right? Like, if it just again, just to, just to show you how much use, useless knowledge I have stocked away in my head. When Brock came back, he he lost or split a series with Triple H, right? Yep. He beat him at SummerSlam. He loses the next year, twenty nine Mania, like, and then he has a nice match with with Punk at SummerSlam twenty thirteen. If not Brock, like, if you're looking at that match, right? Do we realistically, is there any shot in hell that that Mark Calloway, the man or Undertaker, even at that point in time, could have could have lasted 10 seconds in a real fight with Brock? So why not him? Right. And it and it did propel him. Like if you if you remember after that, he then goes on and takes scene to the Suplex City at SummerSlam in, 20, in 2014. And this started that reign. Uh, last and the last question. If he had beaten Brock, does he lose to Reigns in the uh, in 2017, and would that actually be the end? I mean, well, I mean, he he did lose to Reigns in 2017, yep. but uh, but could I, the thing, I mean, I, I you know, I I said no to the other question guys, but I, I didn't elaborate a little bit. But I feel like, um, and I may get you know, I may get heat for this. So hey, GP, you know, hey. To me, and because I'm I'm still hoping for him to come back, and I don't know how other fans feel about this. I will listen to this, but at WrestleMania 29. It was it was clobbering time. I want to see him punk to be that guy. Like he's he's like he's he's the next guy. Like you had your Austin, you had your Rocks, you had your Hunters, you had your Kate, uh, Takers, you had Kane, you had Jericho, you had that. Who he also had a, he had a terrible match in twenty nineteen against Fandango, but that's a whole other. <laughs> sorry, I'm like you know, yeah, sure use his knowledge, right? But I just oh. I, I really wish that CM Punk was was that guy, but if if it wasn't going to be Brock, then yes, it should have been Roman because Roman clearly is being molded to be that next guy. Um, he's clearly in that run right now. Um, that it's, it's his yard, and now he's the Tribal Chief. Yep. So let, let, that's a, that's a perfect segue. So the first match that we're, we're going from the top of the card down, right? Because I think that I think everyone always goes, starts on the bottom and goes up. I want to start from the from the premier match here. So what we're going to do is we're going to run through the Survivor Series card and we're going to think we're going to talk about what they will do versus what we think they should do, mm-hmm. right? So uh, the main event is going to be a WWE Champion Drew McIntyre who just recently regained his title against Randy Orton on Raw against the, the tribal chief, the reigning, defending, universal champion, Roman Reigns. So I'm going to open it up to you guys. What do they do and what what should they do here? Uh, I think that Roman Reigns right now in WWE is white hot material. You do not mess that kind of, you do not mess that kind of momentum up. I think that, you know, it's going to be a good match between the two of them. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a shenanigans finish. But um, right now with 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 Roman Reigns, with what he has, and he just came back from what he's done since SummerSlam, and Hell in a Cell, and the momentum he has right now, Paul Heyman and the Usos, you do not mess that momentum up with a loss. You you know, Reigns will go over in this match. Yeah, and it's like, you know, and Craig, I just want you to know, if that's not a prediction, that's a spoiler. That's right. Um, You know, so, and I just, to me... uh, I'm, I mean, I'm biased. I, I don't care what the storyline is. Most times I'm going to pick Roman Reigns, so I'm yeah. going with Roman Reigns. Um, this will be much better than the WrestleMania 35 match when I was there for that, too, and I was just like, why are they doing this? But, I mean, hey, uh, you know, I, I guess it was an okay match at the time, but this this was this – because McIntyre has been – 
excuse me, has had a great year this year as well. Um, by you know winning the Rumble and you know being Lesnar and Mania and you know so he's been he definitely hasn't been what they call a trans transition champion. Like he's definitely held his own and um you know if Roman Reigns has been number one as far as being a white hot McIntyre to me is at least two or three. Um, so I'm looking forward to a great match, but uh, I think that you know Reigns Reigns will get put over and it'll just continue to continue that battle. What bothers me about this match, and I think this is the main conversation that people are having about this match, is that now that Drew McIntyre is Universal Champion again, they had this huge program with Randy Orton for months, for months leading up to Hell in a Cell, where he was the greatest wrestler on the planet. And he's finally put it, you know, he was finally put over, over Drew McIntyre. He beat up Christian. He beat up Shawn Michaels. He beat up the Big Show. He beat up Ric Flair. And then you take the title off him by the next pay per view before yeah. the next pay per view. I under, I, under, I understand their mentality. What with, with this is, they want a main event with a, an established heel versus an established babyface. But just to take that off of Randy Orton so fast, it's just it well, just killed everything they had going on with him. Right. What I think with that is though, because um, we saw it at, at at this year's Royal Rumble. Um, him and Edge had to me actually that was the match of WrestleMania. It wasn't the Boneyard match. R- Randy, sure. Randy on the Edge match was man. Edge, Edge still has it. Like whatever people thought he lost, shut up. Like you don't know wrestling. Like Edge, <laughs> Edge is that guy. Yep. Um, so anyone that had flash photography, see what I did there, Mike. Uh-huh. Like saw that he did. <laughs> you know, saw that he still had it and can still deliver a five star match. Um. So what I what I think take, taking him off the taking him off that uh, that championship pedestal, pedestal, I think that sets up for WrestleMania 37, where him and Orton will have another matchup again. So sure, but maybe, or, you know, yeah, sure, but Edge uh, still isn't coming back until WrestleMania season. Maybe you know, uh, well, I mean, he, I mean, he probably, yeah, right. But He's I mean, still, maybe that's what it was. I, I don't know, but that's usually what they do. If I was booking it, which is a whole other conversation we can have, I would have had that title on Randy Orton until we got to WrestleMania and Edge would have came back and challenged for it. So here's what I think is going to happen. The first thing that I'm going to say is I think that uh, the, this summer, uh, this Survivor Series card and all Survivor Series cards like in the last five years have been tainted and softened by the fact that it's all champions versus champions and brands versus brands. Mm-hmm. So there's like really no meaningful. You're not going to have that big moment. You know what I mean? Like I, 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 I used to love when you'd have a WWE championship match and there would be an actual finish because it was a big four. What I think is going to happen here, I think you're going to see an RKO out of nowhere on Drew McIntyre that, that lays him out in the middle of the ring. And Roman Reigns covers him for the one, two, three, which gets us back to McIntyre versus Orton. Orton beats him again for the title. Orton is the champion going into Mania against Edge. That's what I see happening. And that's what I think they should do, by the way. Doesn't that kind of screw up with what they're trying to do with The Fiend? Yeah, maybe. But I think, like, he's one of those characters. Uh, he's like, The Fiend right now is like Mankind 97, right? You can put him with anybody. Okay. And, and he's going to... He, I, I understand right now he's kind of in a mini feud with The Miz. So. Yeah. Yeah. But you can put wherever you put him, he's going to bring intrigue because that character just 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 does it right. Like yeah. you want to see what him and Alexa Bliss are going to do. Mm-hmm. So I think we all have Roman Reigns going over. I think we all think that that's the right thing to do. Yes. Uh, the next match is the men's Survivor Series match, which is the, the traditional tag match, which, which is team. Uh, I think it's it's team team Rob, Keith Lee, AJ Styles, Sheamus, and Braun Strowman and Riddle versus Kevin Owens, Jay Uso, King Corbin, Seth Rollins, and TBD from SmackDown. We'll find out uh, on this on this week's edition. I think traditionally, you know, for what they should do in this, if they really, if they really, really, really want to establish either Jay Uso as a main eventer or Riddle as a main eventer, they have the opposing team have three people left and that person goes through them. 
I would love to see a monster run uh, by Jey Uso. I think what you saw with him and Roman Reigns, it just shows you he can do it. I wasn't buying into it, but that Hell in a Cell match, the story that they told in an I Quit match inside Hell in a Cell, this this guy can do it. You could probably print money with him if you do it well. Um, so here's what I think is going to happen. I think uh, I, I think Team Raw is going to win decisively. What I think should happen is I think Riddle should have to go through three remaining members of the SmackDown team to 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 win it for his team. So uh, I think I think it's going to be Raw decisively, but I, I think that's that's a bad thing to do. I actually agree with you, but in a different way. I think this is the match that puts Keith Lee over the top. I um you know Vince McMahon wants to push Keith Lee absolutely over the moon, and I think that this is kind of the match that they kind of uh, kind of do that with that. Uh, I think there are two distinct possibilities of this match. Um, it, it's it's being speculated that that last TBD for uh, Team SmackDown is going to be Big E. So uh, it's either going to be a huge because I look at all these I look at all these names for this uh, Survivor Series match. Nobody really needs to go over except Jey Uso, Keith Lee, or and, and if I'm right and it's Big E, then Big E. So it's gonna it's gonna be one of the, the finish should involve one of those three or else I just don't know what they're doing. But for me, it's Keith Lee just coming in and just you know just th- this will be his coming out party. Yeah, it's, it's almost like you was in my notes, Craig, because I, I have the same exact thing. Like, I think that uh, it's Keith Lee's time. And my thing is, he was gaining traction in NXT. Mm-hmm. And I'm just sick of guys killing it, killing it in, in NXT. And then they get to either SmackDown or Raw, and then they just sizzle out, right? Like, I, I like Matt Riddle. You know, he, he's the new he's the new bro. You know, now that Zack Ryder has, uh, has left. But, he's um, the original bro. That's right. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's right. <laughs> exactly. So it's just like, you know, okay, cool. But yeah, Keith Lee is the guy that needs to get put over. Like love, love what J.O.S. was doing. You're right, Mike. Like I share the same sentiment. Like I didn't, like I said, I wasn't buying into either. I'm like, yo, like he's a tag team guy. Like I just, I didn't see him being, I didn't see them. Be, I didn't see the Usos being separated. Like I love when they came out, especially to their new theme song, but like welcome to the Uso penitentiary yeah, like that. Awesome. That is that is phenomenal. Like, um, you know, to see eighty thousand yell day once, we've been down since. Like yep. that that is that is phenomenal. So, you know, it's it's great. But yeah, no, Jay Uso was was awesome. But no, um, it needs to end with a spirit bomb. One, two, three, and you know, Mia Yim come out and celebrate with her man. So moving on to the next Survivor Series match, we have the women's Survivor Series match, Team Raw versus Team SmackDown. I I wish. This was a higher profile match. So for Team Raw, we have Nia Jax, Shanna Baszler, Lacey, Lacey Evans, Peyton Royce, and Lana versus the EST of SmackDown, Bianca Belair, Ruby Riot, Liv Morgan, and two uh, two people to be determined. Listen, I don't even care if they fill that those slots. This should be Bianca Belair's coming out party. That woman is has the ability to be the best, sorry, the second best uh, female on SmackDown behind Sasha. And she has all the God-given abilities in the ring. She she just oozes charisma. So what they should do is let her run through the... This is, how, this is how I would start the match. So Vince, anyone, if you're listening, book it this way. Let Bianca start. Never let her tag anybody else in. And let her eliminate every single person from Raw. Nothing would make her a bigger star than doing that. That's what they should do. I don't know if they're going to do that, but I think Bianca Belair is on the winning team. Team SmackDown wins. 
Well, you just look at the SmackDown team right now. It's Bianca Belair. Great. Super. That's phenomenal. Ruby Wright and Liv Morgan. Ooh. Ooh. Good, good mid-carders. Listen, but... I, I, lo- I love Ruby. I love, I, I love Liv Morgan. I love Ruby Riot. And the original Ruby... incarnation of the Riot Squad was was awesome. But oh, like, yeah. You, and you... That worked well. That worked only was there. But to me, the only thing that gets my attention on the SmackDown team, and it, I feel like at this point, they're just going to throw in two people. Maybe they'll throw in like... Um, Here's what I think. So, you know what? Here's what I think, Craig, and I'm sorry to cut you off. Yeah, go ahead. I think Charlotte's going to come back. I think she's going to be one of those people that comes in and she doesn't need it. I met like I, I here, she's one of those people that I don't miss, but I will love when she comes back, right? She doesn't need to be there right now. We, they need to build up other stars to, to have great matches with her, but I can see this as Vince trying to hot shot. You know, I would say a buy rate or a subscription, but this is, this Does that is me moving not- her to SmackDown. Maybe. I mean, she was already on there for a little while. Wasn't she? Was she traded to raw? Yes, he was drafted to Raw. Oh, oh, drafted to Raw. Okay, so you just no, cut that. Um, just cut okay, that yeah, cut that part out. Right. So, um, he was drafted to Raw because so was Andrade. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, I miss you, Zelina. But uh, <laughs> no. So, man, um, I do think I like Bianca Belair. Like, I think she's awesome. You know, um, I also love the Street Profits. So we'll talk about them soon as well. Uh, actually, the person I think that needs to go over in this match actually is Lacey Evans. And the reason why I think that, I remember last year, I think she came out in the Royal Rumble down in uh, in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, she kind of got like a lukewarm reaction because she started out pretty early. And then, you know, she had a pretty good showing there. And then right away, you know, they tag, they put her with, with uh, Baron Corbin. And, you know, they kind of have this feud going against, you know, Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins. And it's like, oh, okay. Like, she's holding her own. Like, she's a pretty good heel. So, I feel like, you know, she she could hold her own. And if there's anyone that needs now that push, like, I think after what they saw with her last year, I think that it could be her time to get catapulted into that that uh, that place where, you know, she becomes a champion. And I, I would love to see Lacey Evans. Um, I fell in love with her character. Like at first I was kind of like, yeah. Oh, but now I'm, I'm rocking with her. Like, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm one of the nasties. I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> I got to tell you, Craig, before, before you go, uh, her uh, women's rights punch or whatever the name of it is, that is the most legitimate punch I've ever seen a female wrestler throw. And every time it happens, every time it happens, I'm like, I think she hit him. I think she hit her. I think she knocked her clean out. Uh, going back to what you were saying, Mike, I actually completely agree with you. This needs to be, you know, Bianca Belair's match because I just look at, I look at everyone in this match so far, and I just, I, I, I just, I just don't see where they're going with it. To me, it, it's just inevitable that it's going to be a comedy angle from the Raw side. Where is this going to be another week of Nia Jax putting Lana through a table? Right. Because I, I, it's, it's important to note in this match that this wasn't the original lineup for Raw. It was supposed to be Nia Jax, Shannon Baszler, Lana, uh, Mandy Rose, and Dana Brooke. But, yep. you know, Nia Jax, as has been her reputation in the WWE, injured another competitor. No she, way. She, um... Yeah, I was going to say, no way, dude. It's not, like, it's no not way. Like, I, like, I can't believe she actually did that. Like, it's, that's, not that's like she, it's not like she deprived us of what was going to be the, the, the best non-title match in the history of Survivor Series, Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey. That I, that was going to be it for me. The female Ryback, she has injured competitors. Because she's, she's such a dangerous worker. She's hurt so many players. She dislocated Mandy Rose's shoulder, and now she can't compete. And I, I just don't – I just – this is – I. 
this will not be the top match of the night. I can just say that right now. I just yeah. don't know. No, it, it won't be. No, no. So, it's going to end up Lana going through a table. So the reason why I, I I'm was, not mad at that though. Yeah, me neither. No, I, I, find, I find her useless. Yeah, <laughs> she she's actually one of those uh, gorgeous one of those people. I, I just I don't find her useless. So sorry. She, she, she's a great she's a great manager. She can talk yeah, people yeah. into the building. Her her unfortunate uh, inabilities in the ring. Again, she's a she's a thousand times better of a wrestler than I ever will be. Sure. So remember, with a matter of perspective, she can talk them in. She just can't keep them in with with her abilities in the ring. Um, I think she's not bad. But she's not. She's, she's not, not good. Either. Correct. Right. And, but she, <laughs> she would have been the best in the in the Bella era. You know what I mean? Like she, oh, sure. she's good enough, and she can talk. And and and. But we're in we're in a we're in a situation in the WWE where every woman on that roster, for the most part, can work if and it, can if, work well. If it was if it was uh, her versus Candace Candace Michelle yeah. would have been a clinic. Yeah. Yeah, right, I, well, right, I'd right. probably need to go to a methadone clinic after that. Now, uh, <laughs> the reason why I wanted, I I wanted uh, Bianca Belair to run roughhouse through this is because of this of this next match. We have Oscar um, versus the Blueprint, the standard, the role model, whatever you want to call her, but she is the boss, Sasha Banks. She is my favorite superstar since Shawn Michaels retired. I gotta tell you, I've been I've been all in on her since NXT. I think I think Vince has dropped the ball a thousand times over on her. Now that she's finally won the championship and wait wait for it, she retained it. I was about to say and defended I think, it. I think we're in a position <laughs> where she should she should beat Asuka handily. I don't think she's gonna do that. I think this is this is gonna be one of those finishes where we don't know what's gonna it's it's gonna be like one of those DQs. But my dream match now is Sasha versus the EST. I think Bianca and Sasha would just absolutely tear it, tear it down. So I want them to put Sasha over clean. I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's going to be a kind of like a, a one of those little schmas matches. I, I I have a feeling this will be a Bailey shenanigans match. I don't think that feud is quite done over with yet. And you know they have the rematch, but I I just don't think that feud is particularly over. And you'll see, you know Bailey coming into another thing that rival that rivalry will probably go on until Royal Rumble and. It should be Sasha Bank going over in this match, but I think that WWE is still rewarding Asuka for all that uh, putting over she did during the uh, first stages of the uh, new new era, I guess, of WWE when they had to go down to uh, the Performance Center. Right. I mean, which is understandable. I still think Sasha goes over, but, you know, I, I got to defend Asuka a little bit here. Like, that Asuka's run... The, yeah, that run, that run in NXT was unreal. Like, she was cleaning house every night and selling out whether it was takeover the weekly shows on Wednesday on Wednesday nights like she she was running through everybody and to me it was so awful that you know you know she ends up winning the Royal Rumble 2018 and then basically is put in a squash match uh at WrestleMania 34 against Charlotte and I'm just yeah. like what was the point of having that undefeated streak and her, you're building her, you're building, you're building, you're building. And I get it. You know, you're not able to understand her all the time when she's talking on a promo. Um, but that you, you could have used that to your advantage. You could have yep. had her talk, talk trash to the fans and become that heel. And, you know, like I say, how many times have you heard on her promos when she's out there? Oscar's gonna kill you. Yeah. Like they do that all the freaking time. So guess what? The, she had, she had the fans. Y'all put her against Scar- you know, against Charlotte because you 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 know you just had to have a flair. Do it with flair. You just you just had to have that freaking happen. Um, and then now, like I said, now she's being relegated to 
a jobber, so to speak. And I mean, that, that's probably a little harsh, but that's just how I feel because I'm pissed off. Like I was. Well, she's fan. an afterthought, and she shouldn't be because 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 she she quite frankly is the most believable female athlete that they have, right? Mm-hmm. You, because if she walks into like if she walked into a fight with actually you know with Shayna Baszler, listen, I think Oscar could hold her own in, in, a, in a legit one in the WWE one. That that should be a, a knockdown drag out fight. So I think you're right, uh, Ray. Oscar is discredited weekly by the way that she's booked because she should be a killer. She should be Goldberg of the female division. Right. Or she, she was. And then, you know, that's what they tried no. to do with Shanna Baszler. That blew up quick. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, but Oscar, Oscar doesn't need to fight anybody moving on. We, the next match with the new day. Yes, it is versus the street profits. I think this is going to be for me, what they need to do new day. There's nothing that the new day can do that will elevate them further. And subsequently there's nothing that they can do that will ever lower them. Right. So they need the smoke this time and the street profits need to go over clean. I, I think that's what should happen, but I think that the new day are, are going to go over and because they, they need to push that merchandise still. I think they're going to do the right thing on this one. I think that the, um, I think as far as merchandising go, the street profits can easily just as well selling all those cup necklaces or just, yep. or, or, or have WWE have people buy, you know, WWE branded red cups for like 20 bucks to make an extra million bucks off of that. This should be new day putting over the street profits. It absolutely should. They not, nothing n- new day is untouchable. Yep. At this point, they're always. It doesn't they're, really matter dude, what. You I mean, do th- this is an old reference, but they're the Road Warriors, right? Yeah. They they yes. will they, they will be they're the, the Freebirds. Yeah, they will be the greatest tag by the by by the time that it's all said and done, they will be the greatest tag team slash faction that's probably ever 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 been constructed. Now, I, I say tag team, I don't mean faction because no right. one's ever going to touch the 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 Freebirds, the Four Horsemen, the NWO, Degeneration X, or the Shield, right? Even Evolution, but as far as tag team wrestling goes. There, there's just been no better, especially given that they were handed a pile of shit. I promise you, they were not they were not expected to to succeed, and six or seven years later, here they are. I mean, yeah, they they've turned in phenomenal. I mean, obviously, uh, I mean this is his solo run, but that last year run, you know, where it's like you know, give Kofi a chance, and you know, to me, it just even catapulted catapulted the new day as a tag team even more, even though it was a solo run for Kofi. Um, you know. You know, we, we talk about sometimes, oh, you know, we've heard about racial divide. There was no racial divide that night that Kofi won. Like, this 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 big white guy hugged the hell out of me like we had just won the lottery when Kofi Kingston won the championship. And I was like, okay, you're a little drunk, but, you know, I'm, I'm going to let this slide, but I'm just as happy as you are, so we're not going to go crazy. <laughs> I was at a watch party in Vegas with, with, with my buddy mm-hmm. at the time, and, like, when that happened, the whole place went – like you just said, we all – I think I spilled a beer because I jumped up and hugged everyone yeah. inside. Yeah, it, it, it was it was it was crazy. Like it's it's one of my favorite. Actually, it, it might, yeah, it, it definitely top three uh, favorite WrestleMania moments for me. And I've seen a whole lot of shows, but it was up there. But no, but to speak to the match uh, on Sunday night, I think that, like you said, the the smoke needs to be it needs to be up. It needs to be filled, uh, and then they need to clear out the new day. <laughs> um, love 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 the new day. Um, like I said, love what they've done. You know, they're going to continue to do great things as long as, you know, Wiz and Kingston are a tag team. Uh, you know, we'd love to have you on the show. But um, I just think that uh, – <laughs> throw that in there, cheap plug, cheap heat. Um, I just – I think, yeah, you know, New Day is probably going to win, but the Street Profits should be the one that get uh, put over. 
And here we have uh, on the on the last match we're going to talk about. We have probably the two most useless titles that are in WWE right now, and they shouldn't <laughs> they shouldn't be because they are two of the most impactful championships in terms of uh, elevating mid card talent to the main event. We have the United States Champion Bobby Lashley versus Sami Zayn, the true Intercontinental Champion. I think the last year or so of Sami Zayn has been the best. He is I, he is such a believable dickhead like this this sleazy uh heel that that can wrestle but doesn't he cheats to win it works great for him uh what i think they should do i think they should let them tear the house down because bobby lashley can work sammy zane can work i would have sammy zane go over clean because i just think they've never pushed lashley I don't know why they should have. He should have been more than an ECW champion. He should have been a WWE champion way back in 2008. But right now, I think, you know, if we're talking about ratings, I think Sami Zayn is more likely to get people to tune in to see to, to see him get his ass kicked than Bobby Lashley is to get people to tune in to see them kick somebody's ass, if that makes sense. I think Sami Zayn should win a great match. What I think is going to happen, I think it's going to be uh, Lashley goes over in less than five minutes. Is 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 there a possible way that Sami Zayn could win this match clean without shenanigans going on. I just don't see how it's possible. He should. I mean, he hits like three Holova kicks. Yeah, I think I think he could, but that they would never do that because if you want to suspend reality and suspend belief for a second, what you could do is you could use this because Lashley is kind of a heel, right? With uh, with uh, so what you could do, you could use this as the time where he did everything he could and he could not put. Uh, Sami Zayn down. This could be the start, or should be the start of a great push for Sami Zayn as a as a babyface, but they're not going to do that. I guarantee it. Again, to to rip off Rayshon, who ripped off Paul Heyman. This is not a prediction. This is a spoiler. This will be a squash match. They they have been pushing this match as you know. Sami Zayn somehow outsmarting Bobby Lashley into a victory, and I'm uh, you're you're pulling me into your into your atmosphere here, where I just think I don't know five minute match maybe it'll be it'll be Bobby Lashley going over. I had a hard time putting down notes for this match because I'm not gonna lie, I didn't care too much for this match. Um, you know, as we just we just stated a few moments ago, but I feel like uh, just for the sake of the conversation, I feel like. Lashley to me is actually I feel the other way other way around. Lashley should be put over. Um, I love this hurt business faction. Love it. Sergey Alexander, um, you know, I felt kind of got kind of buried in 205 Live, but Sergey Alexander, my guy Shelton Benjamin, ain't no stopping me. Like, man, like people forget. I mean, he he probably had a top five raw match of all time. Uh, Michaels, even though, even though he got sent out the the freaking ring, that that oh my god, like it was just I was, insane. I was, I was there. Yeah, and and insane. So it was it was just it was crazy. Um, we forget how great of an athlete Shelton Benjamin was and is. Um, and then, you know MVP, shout out to MVP for reinventing yourself. Like, um, you know those battles he had with Matt Hardy in the late two thousands. For the, wait, and it's so funny for the U.S. title. Right, um, that was that was a really great rivalry, you know. And then they, you know they become the tag team champions, you know. And you see him holding the titles and doing doing with the doing doing the swish uh, motion. But uh, 
and you're right. Lashley should have been more than the ECW champion, obviously. Um, you know, because it did the same thing with Matt Hardy. Like certain guys just don't get the push they should get. But you know, once again, another podcast. Um, Lashley should win. They should put him over. And you know, who knows? Maybe this continues to propel the hurt business because I feel like they are a really good faction. And hopefully, my guy Ricochet can join them soon too. Um, because I, I I really love what Ricochet uh is doing too, and I felt like he kind of got uh the raw end of the deal too after beating Samoa Joe uh at Extreme Rules about a year ago. So that needs to change. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. Listen, I think in this match you have the opportunity to either catapult or establish two really, 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 really great workers and good characters. I just don't think that the, I, I I do not think that they're going to take the time to do either. If I had to put money on, I'd say Retribution gets involved in this. Which Perfect. I also I also I love that idea too. I love yeah. love I love Ali. Love what what they're doing with that. Um, Cause I feel like he kind of Kofi took his quote unquote spotlight in a way last year at the Elimination Chamber. So you know at the Elimination Chamber last year. So I feel like now okay, they're like all right, you know you, you paid your dues so to speak. You know you, you healed. You're you're good from injury. All right, let's see what you do with this. And I think they're having a really good. A uh, really good start to this. So um, they got to build after them. After a really bad debut. Right. Oh, but when they, Retribution but first I, came I, out, that was bad. It's bad. Right. But, but they also, you got to build them like they built Nexus. You have to. Yep. Well, there'll never, like they'll never be another Nexus. You, you, you got to try. You can't say that you got, you, you got to try. Like for the ratings, for the like, that that idea, how they built them was phenomenal. It was a terrible ending, but uh but you, you you have to you have to do something like that. Maybe that's how they get it right. You didn't get it right with Nexus, how you ended that 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 uh that storyline. Maybe you get the storyline right where you continue to put them over and they become uh what the Nexus couldn't be at times. Yeah, it's a tale as old as time in wrestling though. Factions that start well almost never end well. Well then great, because this this faction started off terribly. So yeah, hopefully sure did. Did, yeah, right, exactly right. <laughs> hopefully they end terribly. So in, in keeping with the Survivor Series theme, we, we know the three of us been thinking about this for a while we wanted to put down our top survivor series moments or matches okay let's just get this out, out of the way first the most infamous moment in survivor series history happened during a match it was the screw job that happened in 1997 in montreal quebec canada when Bret Hart, who was leaving for WCW the next day, refused to drop the title uh, on a pay-per-view in his home country of Canada. He didn't want to lose to Shawn Michaels. Shawn, who is my favorite wrestler of all time, was no- a notorious asshole at this point in time. Right? We all understand. So the famous line uh, that was uttered by Triple H in, in, in you know, the meeting before is, you know, if Bret's not going to do business, fuck him. Let's do business for him. And that's what happened. Earl Hebner uh, was was right before he came out to the ring. He was you know accosted by by Vince and said, you know this just this is what's going to happen. Sean's going to put Brett in the sharpshooter. Ring the bell, right? I, I remember I was watched that with my dad. I was uh, I was nine years old. I could not believe what happened. I mean, first of all, I thought I was like, no way did he actually tap out, right? I'm, I'm nine, so I thought this was you know still pretty real. Whatever I, I knew that, the, that they weren't actually hurting each other, but this kind of defied everything. And then when you see Brett spit on Vince, when you see Sean acting like he was so pissed off when he was leaving the ring, I'm like, you, you will never see a moment like that again. So I, I don't know if that's gonna be number one on, on, on everybody's list, but that's the most infamous. 
Yeah, I, I mean, it's not. It's obviously the most memorable because of what happened for the business after that. And that's not my most memorable Survivor Series moment, but obviously, it's probably the most important one. You know, if, if you will, because you know, obviously, the Mr. McMahon character is built from that, and you know, um, Shawn Michaels continues to get more heat. Uh, you know, <laughs> than, than more than, than more than one can handle <laughs> probably yep. at that time. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't think like I, I think of the same lines that Scott Hall did when he had an interview about this. Like, I, I thought it was a work on both sides. Like now now looking at it now, like as, as a kid, no, like I was just like, man, like, you know, <laughs> spit on another guy's face like that's You know, my, my brother told me like, yo, that's the ultimate sign of disrespect. Like, you don't ever do <laughs> something like that. You know, Bret Hart was his guy, but he was a Bret Hart guy, you know. So it was just like, wow, uh, ultimate warrior, too. So, um it was like wow, like okay, like this this is this is what's what's going on, uh, so so to speak. But man, um, I I thought it was a complete work. Like, there's no way. How do you let him get you in your finish? And you like, how do you let them put you in that predicament? How how do you do that, Brett? Like, you you can have all the documentaries you want. So, Wrestling with Shadows, which is a phenomenal documentary. Don't get me wrong. Whether you want to do Beyond the Ring, whatever you want to put out there, how how do you let them put you in a predicament where? They can even screw you like that. So to me, I felt like Vince said something to him or Earl has said something to him um, or maybe someone else that knew about it on the side too, whether it's Patterson, Briscoe, you know, AKA the yes men um, said what they said. It was like, Hey, like we're looking to do this. Like, you know, can you make it real? But at the same time that he was, he, that animosity, you, I don't know if you can, like that came from like a deep, dark place like that was 20 that was 21 years of like wait a minute like i came down here from calgary alberta canada i left the heart dungeon i gave you 14 years in this business i became the i became the world champion three or four times over i became the tag team champion with the heart foundation i, I did i did numbers in the uk i had one of the best matches at wembley stadium back in 92 with the british bulldog when i put him over for the for the uh intercontinental championship and this is how you do me this is how you do me vince man f you type thing like that that's that's you know so that that's what all that came out of um you know made for great tv great content you know can you know can't have never uh never have much uh much of that right craig uh, uh, but yeah, so it's just like, wow, but no, that's not the most, mem- that's not the most memorable moment, moment for me. Uh, but it is the most important one. So, uh, f- so f- for the next, uh, moment that we have here, it's not as equally as, as seismic, but I do think that it, it, uh, it helped establish WWE moving forward in a time where they were struggling to build new stars and it was Ryback, uh, versus CM Punk. I think there was somebody else in that match too, but doesn't even matter. The Shield debuts in 2012. And they absolutely just came out of nowhere and they set that industry on fire. I remember them putting Ryback through the table. The lights go, you don't know, you don't even like know who these guys are. Mm-hmm. You've never seen anything like that before. Right. Um, and I think that moment, just based on what the, they all went on to be world champions in the WWE. They're, they, they, and Seth Rollins, it might be the best wrestler, uh, you know, with AJ Styles in the mix, obviously, right now, but of the last 10 Absolutely. years. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, that that's it was amazing to, to see that moment happen. You know, I was you know, I, I was a meathead. You know, <laughs> I, I liked uh, I like right back, you know, <laughs> um, you know, feed feed me more, baby. That that was that's my slogan. You know, feed me more, whether it's chicken, you know, <laughs> French fries, whatever, you know, feed, feed me more. So that, that was my, uh, <laughs> that, that was my guy. But no, like you said, they came in, they took, they took the, the rest of the world by storm. 
And yeah, I think Michael Cole kind of talked about them being from like Florida Valley. I don't, I don't know. It might have been called NXT by then, but you know, talking about you know, oh, you know, that's the Sheila. You know, who were they type thing? And then, like you said, next thing you know, they go on a two year run. Like I said, you know, they their first big match is at uh, WrestleMania twenty nine. Um, you know, when I, they, I, I, no, no, no. I, I'm going to stop you there. Their first big match was the next uh, the, the next month at TLC was I get a team hello and. Uh, it, back in a TLC match and I couldn't believe it. I mean, that was one of the, one of the best matches. So if you have the network, if you have YouTube, whatever, go back and watch that match because it was, it was electrifying. Right. right. So sorry that, that the one I remembered for, I, I forgot about the TLC match so clearly. <laughs> um, but yeah, that I remember the rest of many things because, you know, they're coming down MetLife and it's like, yeah, Delta echo and shield. Dun, 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 like, which is, I mean, and, and listen, don't change Roman Reigns music. Like I, I love when he comes out to that. I love that they came out to it. Um, I, I thought it was great. Um, and I, you know, this is a bit of a hot take. If we can have hot takes on a, on a show, that's going to be conversational, but, um, the only one out of the three that I didn't think should have been world champion really is Dean Ambrose. Um, and maybe because it was lackluster and Stone Cold said that, so he backed me up. So I, I feel pretty confident in saying that, um, his run just wasn't, it wasn't memorable. Roman Reigns has had a good, has good runs, has had good runs. Seth Rollins has had great runs. I mean, my God, WrestleMania 31, he went, he, you know, he's the money in the bank. He runs down to you hear the music queued up at Levi Stadium. He runs down to which, I mean, thank God he didn't have a, uh, a Titus O'Neil moment in fall. That would have been crazy. Um, Cause that rap was long as hell. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, uh, shout out to the primetime players though. Uh, but man, like I was, yo, that, that moment was crazy. So it's like, I don't have any, memorable moments like that with Dean Ambrose. Like, I felt like he was the one that kind of got squashed a little bit out the three. Yeah, no, but, he did. Here's what I'll tell you, just to convert your, just to kind of battle your hot take here. He should have been the first world champion out of those three. He was the talker. He was the, I mean, if you remember all those promos when they had their own hand, handheld camera, he was the guy and they just didn't know how to manage him. Uh, Craig, you were going to say something? Wrestling needed the shield at that time because at yep, this particular absolutely. time in wrestling, it was very, very, very stale. It yeah. was just CM Punk versus Ryback every week. John Cena versus Ryback every week. You know, uh, it, it was just, you know, Bad News Barrett versus the same guy every single week. There was nothing new. It was the same matches every pay-per-view. They needed some kind of chaos, and the Shield was that. And, you know, having Dean, Am- having Dean Ambrose face The Undertaker on a SmackDown uh, almost immediately after they debuted, and then putting The Undertaker through a table, yep. putting him out. Go, yeah, that was on the, the Undertaker. That was that was on the European tour after twenty nine, and that I mean, again, that just that just absolutely cemented them. So that's a huge moment. That again, you got to credit them when credit is due. That's an organic moment that they created mm-hmm. off of stars that they created, right? right? I think the next one, uh, you know, we can't get through this uh, top uh, moments or matches without talking about obviously the, the debut of the dead man in, in 1990, when he walked out with brother love, he was introduced by Ted DiBiase. I mean, I remember Roddy Roddy Piper going back and listening to it on uh, on commentary just absolutely selling the hell out of it, right? You've never seen anything like this guy, but the most important moment happened the next year when he beat Hulk Hogan, who was still 1991. This is one year removed from the, from the, uh, the Hulk Hogan um, uh, ultimate warrior Warrior. match. Yeah. And in sky dome, like this was still peak or close to peak Hogan in WWE, WWF at the time, you know, uh, shout out to the world wildlife fund. Uh, And now, (laughs) And now you have now you have this guy who's who's still pretty green, right? In terms of WWF WWE standards, and he beat Hogan handily. They tried to set up a Flair versus Hogan match there that would ultimately never happen. But it, I, I I wasn't I was three, so I'm not going <laughs> to pretend that I was there or that I remember it. Going back now though and watching it, 
that's something that you just don't see happen very often. It, it definitely was a passing of the torch, you know, even very early in his career. You know, obviously, you know, from being me, Mark Calloway in WCW and, yep. you know, doing stuff with, te- uh, well, me, Mark probably, yeah, me, Mark Colossus and, you know, doing stuff with then Theodore Long, <laughs> not yep. Taylor, but, you know, so. And um, Paul Heyman. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Paul, you dangerously. That's right. My bad. So, um, you, know, you figure how long he's been in the business. It's crazy. But yeah, yeah I, I think yeah, definitely was a passing of the torch. And, you know, it really set up what became the greatest streak in all the sports entertainment. Um, because obviously, you know, he gets his first win at WrestleMania eight and it just, just goes on and on and on and on um, all the way to 2014. So, yeah, it, it was it was phenomenal to, um, you know, to, to see. Uh you know, I mean, go back and watch it. I was, I was, I was, you were three, I was one. (laughs) So, you know, so I mean, you know, my brother probably watched it. He probably watched it. He's older than me. He probably watched it um, at the time, but yeah, definitely was a passing of the torch and, you know, Hogan put over what became, I said, the biggest star in my opinion. So um, I know Craig thought thought otherwise, but um, those are the two guys, obviously, when you think about Vince, like who we created as a character, um, there's no two bigger stars than, than those two. Outside of Austin, maybe. Another debut that happened six years after Undertaker's. Again, we didn't know what we had here. We see this young, you know, full of piss and vinegar, uh, kind of weird-looking uh, Rocky Maivia in, in this in this uh, Survivor Series match. He would – that's obviously Survivor Series 1996, which, which was a loaded card. You had Austin versus Brett. You had Psycho Sid versus Sean. That was the, that was the day that the boyhood dream came to an end. Um, but this, this debut in particular – he is the most famous star probably ever like right now in the world. He, he is the only star that I can, that I can tell you uh, and that's the rock Dwayne Johnson that actually outgrew the wrestling business, right? Hulk Hogan is a huge star. He's nothing without wrestling, right? Sure. Dwayne, the rock Johnson is his, is his own thing. He, I mean, he just makes millions upon millions on, on movies now. And to look back in this match and see when he debuted and just kind of, you know, he was just so green. And it was shortly after this, that the crowd was chanting, die Rocky die. And they, and they, and they brought him into the nation, yeah. which then just propelled him to the corporation, the people's champion. And, you know, Ray, I don't know about you, but I definitely could not smell what the rock was cooking this day. I'm laughing because I remember that promo when he first joined the nation uh, domination. Because yeah. the, Rock, the 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 way the Rock talks, it just when he's cutting a promo, it just makes you laugh. Yeah, Even when he's talking about something serious, I was like, I remember yeah. when I first debuted and everyone chanted, "Die, Rocky, die!" The way the Rock does, it was just, <laughs> it's it, it. He, I think that. I, I think eventually John Cena is going to eventually challenge him for his his box office. You know, no it's box office wallet. But as as far as you as as far as you're going with that, I I couldn't agree with you more. No one has you. No one has no one in wrestling has said that they've had a more um, impactful career out of the ring than The Rock has. Maybe yeah, Stone Cold. No, not to that extent. Uh, but it's it's the rock and then everybody else. Yep. Yeah, I, I mean no, but like you said, Craig, like to me, Cena is the only guy like I said, Triple H made some terrible movies. Um, as much as I love the Miz, the Miz made some terrible movies too. Like, um, you know, Shawn Michaels, you know, didn't make any good teaching movies either. Like, so there it's 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 the rock is Cena, and then it really is everybody else. Um, even though I love the expendables, but that that just wasn't 
that wasn't on the same level as, as what the Rockers done. But no, I, I couldn't smell what he was cooking either. Like um, it probably was still boiling in 96, obviously. And I just feel like, uh, you know, him joining the nation really was the best thing that could have happened for him. Uh, joining a professional like Ron Simmons was the first ever, you know, African-American champion, you know, and, you know, in, in WCW history. So I felt like when that, you know, putting him with him and then, you know, giving, giving a spotlight to young Mark Henry as well. Uh, the Godfather. Was, yeah. The Godfather, you know, D-Lo Brown. You know, well, I mean, the Godfather had, had, had already had a little bit of a run there. Even oh, yeah. Papa there. Shango. Com- yeah. Papa Shango and, 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 and Com- was a comma. Oh no. Com- yeah. No. Comma was his character with, um, uh, oh God. Oh yeah. 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 Huge view of the undertaker. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So yeah. So I, I do, I do remember that a little bit, but, um, I, I, and then obviously D'Lo Brown, obviously. So you know they um, and it was it was it Ken Shamrock a part of that too at some point. Oh, Owen Hart. Oh, I thought Owen, Owen Hart. Hart. Owen Hart. Okay, okay, I knew. Yeah. Um. So it was like, yeah, that was. <laughs> uh man, what 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 a what a what a guy. So what he a, became the Black Heart. Right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so kind of trying to go in, uh, in exactly. chronological order. The, the next big event that happens in uh, Survivor Series that we can talk about because we are we are is is the invasion angle comes to a close at Survivor mm-hmm. Series 2001. Just for you guys out there, um, 2000, you know, March I think it was March 23rd, 2001. Uh, WWF bought WCW. They bought their competition. The Monday Night Wars were officially over, uh, and then they they did probably what was the most sought after storyline in the history of wrestling an invasion angle right uh, they had wcw stars ecw stars come in and really challenge uh what was happening on, on wwf the problem here was hogan uh hall nash sting goldberg all the big stars from wcw all had guaranteed contracts from time warner so they just all sat at home they didn't come through so what we got was a very washed washed down version of wcw that came in and really never really posed a threat at all to the wwf right i think we can all look back at that the 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 best moment of the entire invasion angle they squashed it instantly was when ddp was revealed as a stalker for sarah the undertaker's wife the whole place went nuts and then they and then and all of a sudden she beats him on raw yeah but that that to me wasn't the best i mean that's one of the more memorable memorable moments uh no i can't speak tonight but yeah one of the most uh Almost I remember, but I mean it's gotta be the Booker T Stone Cold yeah. uh you know vignette in, in, the in, in, yeah, in the supermarket, like you know, uh could mainly could I, I think about you and me, Mike. Like I feel like we would have that type of moment <laughs> where you know got got milk right and then you would yeah. smack me with a, <laughs> with a with a with a milk carton. So price check like, on jackass. That's exactly. What <laughs> exactly. So I I just felt like that was that's easily my favorite moment. Um I remember uh, Kurt Angle winning in his hometown, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, you know, beating uh, Booker T for the world uh, oh, heavyweight championship. You beat Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, beat Stone Cold. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that that was that was awesome. Um, but with the invasion angle, one, I feel like it went too short. But like you said, it, it had to be because of, you know, even on WWE side, like, you know, Triple H was out during that time, um, which, I mean, that led to the greatest comeback ever on Monday Night Raw. That yep. was phenomenal what he did. You know, it, it was great. Shout out to you too, because that, that was the promo music. You know, that's <laughs> that's, that's made that's made in the parents on an earlier show. That could be in the show notes. Right. But um, yeah, it was like I said, it, it was watered down for that exact reason. I remember the Paul Heyman promo on on Smackdown. Vince. 
you yeah. know, that, that was, that was phenomenal. He's like, you know, um, there's nobody that's been better on the mic in and out, in or out the ring than Paul Heyman. It's not even close to my opinion. Um, but I mean, far, as far as the invasion angles go, I feel like the star that it helped the most probably was Booker T. Um, and Jericho, right? I mean, I well, think yeah, so. yeah. I, well, I mean, well, I mean, but Jericho would have been Jericho anyways, because I mean, his first night he comes out, he, they have him doing a promo with the rock like that's yep. so that that let me know what Vince thought of him immediately. Like, look, you've been hiding as you know, you've been hiding in WC as Lionheart and you know, you're on Thursday night thunder and Monday night nitro. Like, yeah, you, you've had some memorable moments. Like, yeah, you were the TV champion. And so what? that's great. But he has him come out. Welcome to raw is Jericho. And it just yep. explodes. Like that was phenomenal. You watch those old, you watch those old WC pro, uh, WCW promos of Chris Jericho though. So the so, best promos I've ever seen. Oh I mean, yeah, the, the yeah the Dean Malenko one. Those yeah, oh, the Dean Malenko one. The, the Dean Malenko promo. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. was phenomenal. Yeah, so yeah, man of yeah. a thousand holds, number four hundred and thirty-seven, yeah, exactly. armbar. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, so yeah, you know that that's that's true. But I think sorry, but for the side, I should have said on both sides. But for the WCW side, I think by far was Booker T. Um, I think people saw his personality. Um, you know, they were the the, the original Golden Truth. Yep. <laughs> um. You know, so that that was, you know, yeah. we saw his comedic side. We saw his, you know, ability really just to entertain. And, you know, he, he held his own, even though Triple H had to squash him. But that's, once again, another another podcast. And don't forget day. King Booker. Yeah. Right, which, love, love that gimmick, by the way, too. That was great. Um, yeah, but that, but that but that's the only chance that he ever got to be a world exactly. champion in WWE, which is right. Which right. That's what I'm saying. Disgusting. WrestleMania 19, which, yeah, yeah, should have been. He, he should have been the world champion. Triple H should have sort of sucked it up, and put him over. The, the invasion angle was one of the most sought after and most poorly executed angles. I don't I don't really blame them for for doing it because they needed to capitalize on it. What I what now in in retrospect, what I think they should have done. I think we can all agree if they just waited a year and teased WCW longer because in uh, February of 2002, you have the NWO. In in July of 2000, in August of 2002, you have Shawn Michaels. He is WWE, right? So now you have uh, him and Triple H that they they can go against. They could go against the old boys in the clique. It, it would have been a story that wrote itself. Which brings me to Survivor Series 2002. We see the first ever Elimination Chamber match, and that was absolute carnage. Uh, that was Shawn Michaels' second match back after a four-year hiatus. You know, if you guys have never watched his first match back against Triple H at SummerSlam 2002, it's, it's, it's probably one of the greatest matches ever for a guy that could not do it and had not done it in four years. He went out there um, and just tore it down. And, and Survivor Series 2002, when, when he comes off the top of the, of the chamber and lands, uh, and lands on Triple H for the elbow, sweet chin music, I just thought like that was Jim Ross saying like, do you believe in miracles? All of that, that he's my guy. And for, to see him come back after four years and look that good in, in the first ever type of match like that. Um, I thought it was that that's, that that's one of the top moments for me. Yeah. For me, that see, so that's my number one moment. Like, sorry. Like I, I know Marshall's new job. That's cool. This is my number one moment. Like, Eric Bischoff introduces this new elimination chamber. You also have my guy, Rob Van Dam, who is to me the best mid-card guy of all time. It's not, I'm not debating. Argue with your mother, don't argue with me. That that was just he was he was phenomenal. Um, and the kind of champion a few times over. Like he he was just great. Like he entertained me every yeah. night. Yeah, um, the he had the worst. Five star frog splash he ever did in that match. Oh yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. He did, he did he actually he, he did. He, he actually did. crushed Triple H's trachea. Yep. 
Yeah, well, oh, oh well, but no, <laughs> you know, but um, I yeah, that 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 match was just was awesome, man. Like, um, to see you know to see him come back and triumph like that, like I was just like, man, like this is, I'm not sure we'll have another moment like that, um, as Survivor Series, like you said, to be off that, and I mean, man, the story that him and Hunter told. Really, really for about two years, man. Yep. It, it culminated at WrestleMania 20 in that triple threat match against um uh Chris Benoit. Yeah, there you go. I'm like, I'm, I'm acting like Vince, I don't want to bring him up. Um <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so that yeah, that that was a phenomenal match. But yeah, they, they put on a hell of a show, man. And like I said, I, I just I don't know if there's anything else that, that would top that. Even though I love the five on five match the next year in 2003 with my guy John Cena was white hot by then, but man. Like that that elim- that first elimination chamber match, I I don't know. Like there's, there's nothing that's topped it for me at Survivor Series since. Yeah, an honorable mention is is, is the five on five from the from the following year. It was team uh, team uh, for mine is team Austin versus team Bischoff, where Sean again is down to the last guy. He it was yes, Sean right. versus three people, and then Batista comes out of the crowd out of nowhere, power bombs him, and Austin has to retire, and 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 he's no longer the co GM. Moving on, uh, Sting. Yes. 2014. Hell yeah. I, mean, I remember, you know, this match, I was like, I don't even like Dolph Ziggler. Like he's, he's having a hell of a night, dude, but like there's something just needs to happen. And then when you hear that crow and you just see him finally walk out, I was like, I don't care how old he is. This is the fucking coolest thing I've ever seen. That. Unfortunately, they had kind of ruined this because they had announced earlier in the summer that Sting had kind of signed a contract because he did things with toys and stuff. Uh, but to finally, it, do, it doesn't matter. You could have told me. You could have told me straight to my face that Sting was going to debut that night, and I would be like, no, he's not. Right. No, he's not. He's, I, I, I have been waiting since 1999 when they bought, when WCW, when WWE bought WCW, and Sting had to sit out because of what happened with Time Warner. And I was like, okay, when that's over, he'll come to WWE. He goes to TNA for six, seven years. Has a great career there. Had a great run. Had a sure. great yeah. run at TNA. And then, and then Victory Road. And then yep. Victory Road. And then the thing with Jeff Hardy happens. Right, yep. exactly. And, you know, Sting's, Sting's there for still a while. And then eventually, like everyone else in TNA, they leave. And then for a while, it was just kind of limbo. You know, we figured, you know, Sting's in his myth. Sting's in his... Uh, Early to mid fifties at this point. Yeah, but I just—I mean, I just remember that the crow hits, the music hits, and then yep, exactly, Hunter, and, that, and then Hunter, it, and then it fucking happens. Hunter did what he what he can do better than anybody else is he can tell a complete story with with, with no words, just his face. Mm-hmm. The look on his face when he saw him walking down to that ring was unbelievable. And for a guy that um, you know, I was always a WWE guy. I was never a WCW guy. Sting deserved a run. Uh, uh, he didn't get the run that he deserved because of what yep. happened. We all know that. Yep. Um, but that moment, no one can ever take that away from him. Nope. Right. And, and I mean, and even with that too, right. I don't, my only disappointment with that, cause obviously, you know, um, Triple H is one of my favorite favorites of all time, but I, I hate that it was Bray Wyatt and Taker at, uh, Oh, <laughs> geez. <laughs> at, uh, at, uh, at 31, at WrestleMania 31, as opposed to, um, you know, as opposed to Sting and Undertaker, I feel like Sting and Undertaker would have been the dream match, and um, you know, I, I really wish that that had happened, but unfortunately, it didn't. But you know, that's always a whatever match that we can always talk about. I'm yeah, still not conv- I'm still not convinced that that's not going to happen. 
Well, if it was, I mean, I, I, I mean, when, when though, when, when would it happen? At this point, I don't see it happening in a match. I see it happening as a cinematic match, like the Undertaker had with AJ Styles. Yeah, that 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 would be. The I mean, I'm, I'm, I'll be I'll be here for it. That, you would, know? that would be the only. <laughs> I mean, Sting is what sixty two now with a broken neck. The Undertaker's you know on his last legs. If they can make a cinematic match happen, I'll buy it. I do not want them in the same ring together. Yeah. No, I agree with that. And then I think the last moment for Survivor Series before we, uh, this the show winds down is Survivor Series 2016. Brock Lesnar at this point had been on a run for two years after beating Undertaker at WrestleMania. No one had touched him. No one could touch him. And then Goldberg comes back after 12 years. 12 years. He was given four weeks notice that they wanted him on this show. And he beat Brock in less than four minutes. And the Man. hope, and I'm not a Goldberg guy. I, I marked out hard for that. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. No, but let's, I mean, before getting into the match, like his, the promo that they talk about, like, you know, the, the warfare thing and, you know, uh, Michael Cole, who was super teasing to me, but, you know, Goldberg. And you just hear the people in the background yelling and you hear the crowd, Goldberg. Yeah. And because I mean, he, he still to me has my favorite entrance ever. Like, I just, I just, I love coming out the, coming out the security room or the dressing room or whatever. And then you the, and then you know he comes out with the with that um i figure what it's called but yeah with that pyro and he he kicks boxes his way through and like like to me that's just still the coolest thing ever in in my opinion um and you know and that that promo was just awesome because it's like well maybe i have one more ass kicking in me maybe i have one more jackhammer in me maybe i have one more championship run in me and man did he ever he came down he smacked uh brock lesnar he came back at fast lane and a few a few months later and he beat kevin Owens one two three and the rest was history but like that that was that was awesome like i'm, I'm getting hyped because i was waiting for you to talk about this like i love goldberg <laughs> um and like I said, I, I like Brock Lesnar too, but it was just like there was just something about Goldberg, like you know, one thirty three and zero, one seventy and zero. Like I just that's just always stuck in my brain um, because I always watched it as a kid on Thursday Night Thunder or Monday Night Monday Night Nitro. So um, yeah, that that was a great moment. And you know, Goldberg's the only guy that could have came back and did that. Like you're not gonna believe Matt Hardy or someone coming back right. and 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 knocking him out in five minutes. Like that's just not that would have been believable. So here here's the thing about that though with Goldberg. Goldberg, probably, if you do the ranking of the best actual wrestlers, people who could perform in the ring, technically-wise, probably one of the worst wrestlers of all time. Sure. He had built a career in WCW and the WWE of just squashing people. Yep. Just destroying people. And then he takes 12 years off. He comes Comes back. back. And then he faces Brock Lesnar in his first match. And And then the talk was... You know, it'll probably be a good match between these two. It'll go about five, ten minutes. He squashes him. That's right. He destroys yeah. Brock Lesnar. Not once, not twice, but three times. Yeah. He yeah, I, I was, oh, squashes was him. And this is Brock Lesnar who squashed John Cena. Yep. This is peak Brock Lesnar. So I think what this just goes to show you is that even when a card looks lackluster to go into, you really just never know what's going to happen. That's one of the reasons why I think the three of us love professional wrestling. We do know, obviously, it's just like any other show that you watch on television. It is scripted. But when they do suspend the belief for that one second or that one special appearance, it makes it all worthwhile. So, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time uh, to join us today. This was Cheap Heat presented by the MTP Network. Enjoy Survivor Series, and we'll be talking to you soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of Missing the Point. Missing the Point is a one-hour weekly, two-hour monthly podcast recapping the biggest stories in the world of sports with a New England flavor. 
The show notes and transcript of today's episode can be found in the description box below and on our website, mtpshow.com. If you're new to the show, please consider subscribing. It's the easiest way to see when we publish new episodes. We are on iTunes, Spotify, Google, and wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to rate us and leave a review of any of our shows. We always appreciate your feedback. Also, be sure to follow us on all of our social medias. All of our links will be in the show notes. And be sure to check out our brand new website, www.mtpshow.com. That's mtpshow.com. For Missing the Point, I'm Craig D'Alessandro. We'll talk to you next time. Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonize your mind, body, and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together, we explore vibrations, frequencies, and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress, and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today. Ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with Electricast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Rafelson. We're the founders of Electricast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join Electricast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to Electricast.com and join our community today. Electricast. Transform your influence. Electricast. Electricast.